0: souls of the dead he hid his shame the Khan had trusted his counsel but when Kokchu watched the first Naiman lines crumple he had seen his own death coming on the singing shafts all he had wanted then was to get away the Khan sighed you have served me well Kokchu. I have been grateful now tell me again what you see Kochu took a quick, sharp breath before replying. The brothers of Genghis have joined the battle now. One of them has led a charge into the flanks of our warriors. It is cutting deeply into their ranks. He paused, biting his lip. Like a buzzing fly, an arrow darted up toward them, and he watched it sink to its feathers in the ground, just a few feet below where they crouched. ''We must move higher, my lord,'' he said, rising to his feet without looking away from the seething mass of killing far below. The old Khan rose with him, aided by two warriors. They were cold-faced as they witnessed the destruction of their friends and brothers, but they turned up the hill at Kokchu's gesture, helping the old man to climb. ''Have we struck back Kokchu?'' he asked, his voice quavering. Kokchu turned and winced at what he saw. Arrows hung in the air below, seeming to move with oily slowness. The Naiman force had been split in two by the charge. The armor Genghis had copied from the chin was better than the boiled leather the Naimans used. Each man wore hundreds of finger-width lengths of iron sewn onto thick canvas over a silk tunic. Even then, it couldn't stop a solid hit, though the silk often trapped the arrowhead. Kokchu saw the warriors of Genghis weather the Storm of Shafts. The horsetail standard of the Mirkit tribe was trampled underfoot, and they too threw down their weapons to kneel, chests heaving. Only the Oiret and Naimans fought on, raging, knowing they couldn't hold for long. The Great Alliance had come together to resist a single enemy, and with its end went all hope of freedom. Kokchu frowned to himself, considering his future. "'The men fight with pride, my lord. They will not run from these, not while you are watching.' He saw a hundred warriors of Genghis had reached the foot of the hill and were staring balefully up at the lines of bondsmen— The wind was cruelly cold at such a height, and Kokchu felt despair and anger. He had come too far to fail on a dry hill with the cold sun on his face. All the secrets he had won from his father, surpassed even, would be wasted in a blow from a sword or an arrow to end his life. For a moment he hated the old Khan, who had tried to resist the new force on the plains, He had failed, and that made him a fool, no matter how strong he had once seemed. In silence, Kochu cursed the bad luck that still stalked him. The Khan of the Naimans was panting as they climbed, and he waved a weary hand at the men who held his arms. "'I must rest here,' he said, shaking his head. "'My lord, they are too close.' Kokchu replied. The bondsmen ignored the shaman, easing their Khan down to where he could sit on a ledge of grass. ''Then we have lost,'' the Khan said. ''How else could the dogs of Genghis have reached this hill if not over Naiman dead?'' Kokchu didn't meet the eyes of the bondsman, They knew the truth as well as he, but no one wanted to say the words and break the last hope of an old man. Below, the ground was marked in curves and strokes of dead men, like a bloody script on the grass. The Oirit had fought bravely and well, but they too had broken at the last. The army of Genghis moved fluidly, taking advantage of every weakness in the lines— Kokchu could see groups of tens and hundreds race across the battlefield, their officers communicating with bewildering speed. Only the great courage of the Naiman warriors remained to hold back the storm, and it wouldn't be enough. Kokchu knew a moment's hope when the warriors retook the foot of the hill, but it was a small...